For Arizona Public Media, I'm Tim Swindle, director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today is John Weens, a professor of ecology and evolutionary biology at the University of Arizona. Welcome. Thanks. It's great to be here. John, I recently read about a study you and your students are doing where you're looking at the dietary preferences of something like a million species over hundreds of millions of years. Before we talk about the results you got, I'm curious about how you know what eat what hundreds of millions of years ago. Well, that's a big part of what the analysis is about. So we, one of the big parts is we make a phylogenetic tree, and that tree had uh, 1,087 species. And a phylogenetic tree is? It's, based, it's a family tree for yeah. organisms. So it tells us, for example, that uh, mammals are more closely related to each other than to fish or to mm -hmm. uh, different kinds of birds. Right. Birds, we know birds are more closely related to each other. So if you kind of draw the relationships amongst all those species, put it together, that's a phylogeny, a phylogenetic tree. And we use fossils to figure out how old the branches are. And so then we take our the diet for species at the tips of the tree, and then we use various statistical models and use that to figure out what happened at the base. So you, you just worry about who's eating what now and then try to trace back what you think they were eating. That's right. And the reason why, why we think we can do this is because we do statistical tests that show that diet is actually highly conserved across the tree. So even though it can change rapidly amongst some close related species, that's not the general rule. So for example, just to take one example, snakes. I like snakes. You will never find a snake eating plants, always eating other animals. Spiders, basically the same thing. Butterflies, almost always eating plants. So these things are conserved over hundreds of millions of years. So how did you and your group get started studying this? What, what was the inspiration for this? One of the things that I've been interested in and folks in my lab have been interested in, kind of think of as the, the deep history of natural history. So we go out and we see animals doing things and we kind of ask the question, how long have they been doing that? And so one of the studies that we did before this was to look at day-night activity patterns. And with this day-night activity study, we found that those are also strongly conserved across the tree. And so what we find is that tetrapods, that's the group that we belong to, started off living in the dark, and that includes like amphibians, mostly nocturnal, active at night, and mammals. So most mammals are actually active at night. And so if you trace that on the tree, it goes back 350 million years. <laughs> so that's sort of an example of the sort of deep history of natural history that, that we've been looking at. And so one of your main questions was about how dietary choices, like carnivorous versus herbivorous or omnivorous evolved. What did you learn about that? We have sort of three main things that we looked at. One is this question of whether things are conserved or not, whether they're maintained over long evolutionary time periods. The second thing that we wanted to see is whether diet influenced uh, rates of species proliferation. So previously, we'd done some work on uh, insects, and we found that at insects, eating plants definitely increases the rates of species proliferation. And that's one of the things that helps us explain why most animals are insects. So we wanted to see if that, those results from insects, applied across all animals. And did they? No, they don't, actually. <laughs> it turns out that they don't. It turns out that eating plants does not increase rates of, of species proliferation when you look across all animals. Now, given that there are certain nutrients that each animal requires, how, how can they thrive with such different diets? I mean, do they evolve different nutrient needs or do they evolve diets to find different ways to, to get the same nutrients? One of the things that's interesting is it's hard to be a plant eater. It's very difficult. 
um, to eat only leaves. So a lot of vertebrates that we see, like birds and things, they'll have some plants in their diets, but they're mostly eating fruits and seeds. And just eating plants, just eating the leaves, is actually a really hard diet. And what about species that are like humans, that eat both plants and animals? We found that was strangely rare. So based on our estimates, that's maybe 5% of all animal species do that. And we think that that also might help explain why these transitions are so rare. So basically things tend, seem to specialize for eating plants or specialize for eating animals. And the fact that there's not lots of things that are doing both probably explains why they're not just switching diets all the time. And so what's the third thing? The third thing was to see what, the, uh, what was the diet of the ancestor of all animals and then the, the, of the ancestor of lots of the major groups of animals like arthropods and mollusks and chordates, the group that we belong to. And the answer is meat eaters, carnivores. Um, that's, that seems to be all these major groups seem to have been ancestrally carnivorous, and that's what we reconstructed the base of the animal tree. Thank you for coming in, John. <laughs> My pleasure. This is Tim Swindle, and this has been Arizona Science. You can also listen to this and other Arizona Science segments by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org.